Hey, what up folks? Welcome to another episode of The Flow Up, an explorative space for self-healing practices. I am your host, Jarell Simpson. I'm a yoga and Reiki practitioner, tarot reader, wife, mom of three, and seeker of all things healing. In this episode, I take a deep dive into the art of rope bondage. I sit down with noctologist Solomon Abrams here in Chicago, and he explains the purpose of bondage, how to explore the practice safely, and how to get started for those that are curious about the art. This one, I'm excited and a little bit shy to share, but we're going to go ahead and get through this because I think that there's just so much good information that a lot of women and other folks can really use and maybe add to their own uh, spiritual practices or healing practices, whatever. Like, I think that somebody can get something out of this. Somebody gonna need to hear something today, okay? So, I don't know who needs to hear this, but <laughs> we're gonna go on with the show. So, um, I'm excited. Thank you for tuning in to episode number nine Healing with Rope Bondage featuring Solomon Abrams. Hello, it has been a minute since I have recorded an episode of The Flow Up. So I definitely want to say, hey, how are you? How have you been? I'm well, and I'm so glad to be back on the microphone. Like, this is healing in itself, just preparing for the episodes, producing the show, recording. I need this. So thank you for listening and further validating this show. Um, This episode, I want to... Just be completely transparent with you. I've been holding on to it for a while. And I've been doing that for a couple reasons. One, I had some audio technical difficulties. When I recorded with my guest Solomon, we recorded here in Chicago at an office in South Shore. And everything was well. The conversation just flowed. It went on for about two hours. It was just so good. And when I got home and started editing, I noticed that I did not save before exiting. So I exited the program that I recorded without saving. So I was really, really bummed about it. It, um, it was very, very frustrating. However, I am thankful that I did have some type of backup. This was actually the first episode that I recorded live on YouTube as well. There's a live stream of this episode that is unedited on YouTube. So if you're curious to, if you're into that type of uh, content, then please feel free. It'll be in my show notes to check it out. But because I did that, I was able to hold the microphone up to my computer, to my YouTube channel and re-record for two hours um, into the program. So it isn't the best quality that I prefer, that I'm used to, but I hope that you still are able to enjoy the show. Now for the second thing that I was holding on to this show was because um, I'm a little shy. This is one of the first times that I'm openly talking about a topic that is taboo. And the last episode that I recorded, Healing Crystals for Better Sex, I believe that's episode number eight, even though, you know, I was, you know, expressing myself and my sensuality on that episode, it wasn't quite as deep as we get here. So one, I was a little shy. And when I was talking with my husband about it and, you know, get preparing for the episode, 
he was listening and looking at the graphics and he kind of mentioned like, you know, people may think that I'm into rope bondage or that I've experienced this. And I was like, really? Like, I'm just exploring and talking about it. But he's like, yeah, I think people are going to think that you are in this lifestyle. And I sat with that and I was like, well, I can't live my life based off of how people think of me or what they're going to think. I can't make my decisions based off of that. And I was really proud of myself for doing that because I do care what people think. <laughs> like I really, really do. So um, just to be able to stand in and be like, hey, I got to move and I got to do what I want to do um, was uh, was a is a good feeling for me. And it, it definitely activated my throat chakra. So even though I'm shy, I'm still releasing this episode. And I do want to say like, for those who may want to know, like, okay, did you try this? Are you into this? I'll give you this type of answer. Okay. So how I got curious about, I'll, I'll tell you how I got curious about rope bondage. It wasn't from 50 shades of gray. I never even saw that movie. Um, so I may be a little bit late to the party, but one day my husband came home with some pink rope and a book, uh, called the artist Shabari or something about Shabari. And he was like, can I tie your hands or can I tie your ankles? Let me try this tie on you. And I was looking at him like, what? Like, what what is in your head? Like, when did you even get curious about this? Like, I've never heard you talk about this. It was just hilarious. And for those of you who know my husband, like one day he may come home with a rope. Another day he may come home with chickens. You just, you don't know what you're going to get with this guy. Okay. (laughs) Like every day is something or every week he's like Kramer coming through the door with something, some new project or toy. Um, but he had an interest in it and he did a couple knots on my feet and, you know, I was like, okay, this is cool. This is pretty. And going along with that's happening. Right. And then I'm on social media and I see this guy, Solomon Abrams. We actually have a few mutual friends, um, but I see his artwork, his photography, and it's very Afrocentric sensuality and he uses a lot of rope in his photography and there's these intricate ties and just just amazing graphics that I was like wow this is so beautiful and the women that he shot they were so voluptuous and I don't want to sound like a creep but they were just very full-bodied and all different shapes, all different sizes, and you could just see the the happiness and the joy uh, and the pleasure through the photos. And I was like, man, I gotta know more about this art. I wanna know more about this man, et cetera, et cetera. And so I came, hence this episode. So saying that to say, um, even though I haven't tried a full session of real bondage, I think that this, practice is something that is very, very interesting. And I am super curious and you must be too, if you're listening. So, uh, without further ado, I want to introduce to you today's episode. Enjoy. Welcome Solomon to the flow up. 
Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the floor. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you for being here. So um, if you haven't guessed this topic, it's so much to Solomon. I had to literally tell him before we recorded this episode, let's kind of focus in on one of these uh, modalities that you have and then maybe bring him back on the other episode to kind of unpack more things. But this episode is going to be focusing on rope bondage because okay. I think that that is something that really drew me initially drew me into your work is okay. with your artwork and uh, the different photography that you've had women and uh, having sensual play and okay. being bound and tied um it, it's just something that i was so so curious about and i i didn't even know existed i was like i didn't know people were out here okay. going and getting tied up having this experience and feeling fulfilled. I, I just didn't know it was a thing. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit first about what rope bondage is? I know the proper or the correct term is shibari, okay. but can you tell our listeners a little bit about what shibari is? What is rope bondage? So uh, first I like to use the term just mainly rope bondage. Okay. Um, shibari is more of a Japanese culture that centers around tying each other up, tying people up. And so it's, um, I'm not going to butcher the, the Japanese language, right. but it's um, an art of tying. It started roughly as a means to restrain prisoners. And over the years, it became something that was erotic and sexual and base. Wow. So That know. is really <laughs> how something that is designed for maybe torture or uh, punishment Correct. turns into this pleasure art. Correct. Yeah. Mm. That's very interesting. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because you see that, you're like, oh, does this hurt? Like, you see um, these extravagant ways of women being tied, Correct. and the a thought may come, are they in pain? So there's a, there is a level of discomfort up to pain and including pain. Mm. And so that um, so there are people who are um, sadistic or indoor masochistic in nature okay. and either administering pain or having pain administered to you or on you heightens the sexual experience, can be cathartic. Um, and just all around gives just a, a good um, a brush. So mm. those things, when you bring them together, and include sex or intimacy and connection are really beautiful things. Nice, nice. So for me, like I'm not really big on pain, right? Okay. So can you, so I'm sure that there's a spectrum where you can kind of stay on the mild, like give me a little bit of pressure, but cool. not too much. Is that something that women discuss with you uh, beforehand, their level of tolerance, okay. so to speak, or yeah? So, yeah, so every time, every new person, and also at with every, um, I'm gonna say appointment. Yeah. We have a discussion, a, a negotiation, mainly where we discuss what their limits are, what their boundaries are, the things they want to experience, as well as for myself, what I'm willing to do, what I'm not willing to do, what, um, what I am aware of based on my skill set and then how we're going to make those things work and so oftentimes when women hear pain they're like oh no i don't want it to hurt like that and so we just discuss a place where they're comfortable at 
and as well as helping them develop, I try to help them, you know, empower them to work through that pain and process through a discomfortable moment mm. so that we can, can move forward in the experience. So it's not about just enduring, it's not even about enduring the pain. It's about um, processing, finding a method for them to process through the, um, process through being tied so that they can sustain for the whole experience. So, mm. so different, that, that's why I got into Reiki and then I use some aspects of yoga or control breathing or guided meditation and things like that. Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of what you were saying reminds me of yoga principles in general. Um, in, a, in some of my yoga classes, we, we talk about going to the edge and we talk about you know, um, if you have the capacity, obviously go ahead and explore that place that, you know, feels like maybe you can't be pushed any further, definitely still being safe, but kind of just exploring where that edge is. And then um, maybe noticing that it is not as intense, that it's something that you can breathe through or just feeling it for a moment and then feeling empowered to pull back from it. So, um, you know, that is really beautiful how that kind of <laughs> compares in some ways, but definitely in a different, um, in a totally different way <laughs> with role play. So um, how long is a session? Like how, how long does an average session last? Typically a session lasts somewhere around one to two hours. Wow. It can be a little longer, a little less, but that's typical depending on what we're actually doing. If we're doing... Uh, floor work or non-suspension it's usually shorter because you know I can tie and it's a lot more safer and I can make the transitions are a little bit easier and they're just sitting there there's not a lot to process through some comfort levels or yeah there's not a lot to physically process through I think one of the biggest things one of the most underrated or undervalued things is them getting comfortable with not having control not having the belief that they have control. Mm. So, but about an hour, hour and maybe two hours on the average. Wow, that seems like a long time to be <laughs> tied. How long is it, how much of it is being tied up and how much of it is just the, the process of being physically tied and then just sitting in this naughty space? So, I would say of that, let's go with using the two hour model. I think maybe about 20 minutes is being tied and that's from the first from the first moment I put rope on to the time that I take rope off and the rest of that is getting comfortable we do some stretching some breathing I do what I call uh, introductory touch where I'm kind of introducing myself to their space and then them to my space and so most but to answer the question quickly, it's, it's about 20 minutes or so of um, give or take. There's so many things that you're saying that reminds me of like my own okay. experience with body work. Okay. And when you talked about introductory introductory touch, um, when that's something that's really, really big, um, it's if you're in theater or yoga, like whenever you're in somebody else's space, just getting familiar with 
how my touch feels to you, just your energetic space. How does it feel my presence being in your energetic presence? And then vice versa, is is it firm, is it soft? Do we need to just get familiar with how each other feels and how our body moves? That is uh, very intentional and it just feels really good. It seems like you have so many um, intentional preparation, things in place before entering this space because it sounds like we're, we're a lot of things can come up, right? Correct. When we go to these tied places of being bound and the vulnerability that comes with pain. So can you talk a little bit about like how you set up the, um, a safe space for these women to kind of go a little bit deeper? So one is um, we establish a communication. Uh, we establish how we're going to communicate our unique mm-hmm. um, communication. And Does that include like safe words? Or? So for me, with role bondage, I don't necessarily have safe words. So what I do is encourage and empower open communication that leads to um, okay. at least to a clear understanding. Mm. Because with with rope, especially with suspension, if you're tied up and you just say red, and traditionally when someone says red, it's just a full stop. You don't you don't do anything else. Yeah. Well, that doesn't untie you. That doesn't alleviate this. That doesn't alleviate the predicament that you're in. So just having a safe word doesn't communicate to me what the issue is. So if if there's a pressure point and you're uncomfortable, tell me red doesn't tell doesn't give me right. basically a, a, right. um, a distance and a direction of what you need me to do when I get there. So I encourage that. I encourage um, to be more external with their speaking or their thoughts or their communication instead of more internal. So that's what we do. We establish that, and I and I usually encourage them to say, "Hey, um, say what it sounds like in your head. Say what it sounds what you hear in your head. Mm-hmm. Try to make up something. Right. And if and if that you come to a point where words you can't find words." make a sound or start moving and then we'll figure those things out yeah. so it may be like uh, under my your rib you know well, yeah. yeah and so now i'm now i can look and see what that is because oftentimes it may be hey the situation may be red which may means stop what you're doing and focus on this issue but i need to know what that issue is right. i need to know how you feel and sometimes like um with the new um um I have new clients who say. Right. I was going to say, like, what do you call? <laughs> um, a lot of people come into the situation thinking that if it's uncomfortable, it's the right thing. And, and they won't say, hey, this weird feeling, or my under my arm is feeling weird, or suddenly, once you put, once you tighten the rope, I couldn't feel my pinky. And they won't think of that. Or they mm-hmm. won't say, hey, this feels kind of weird and wonky. So trying to find the words when weird and wonky right under my breast is what they mean. And that lets me know this or that's, you know, that, or they may that they, they may have found that if I give them a pillow that they can sit in a position longer, if I turn them on their side, if I turn the fan on, if they wore, um, like let's say they wore a bra and all they need is for me to reach under and unhook it. So now that that the clothing is yeah. less restrictive. You, they won't know those things. And so they'll just say pineapples or something silly. <laughs> and, now I, and now I'm like, okay, I like mangoes. That doesn't help yeah. us. 
So instead of a, a safe word, I, um, I encourage open communication so that it empowers them to help me, you know, help me help them, and then we can continue with the experience. And then if it's just a situation where they find that they can't, that I may start tying and it's more than they can handle, I'll untie them and let them just, and sometimes just sitting with that rope and having that experience where they're not, um, they're not ridiculed or they're not, mm. you know, um, it's not demeaning like, oh, your, your punk ass couldn't continue. Yeah. More like, okay, we reached a point. We reached a point where we can, this, this ending point can be another beginning point or we can start a new um, safe space gate and say, hey, okay, we went here. What are all the things that we can do from where we started to where we ended and help you get to the experience that you ultimately want to have? And so that's kind of what I do. Wow. I mean, again, so much there. But before I forget, <laughs> okay. okay, I'm going to end with that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pause there because okay. that's going to lead into something else. Um, but there's a few things that you said that I really liked. One, the, the empowerment of communication okay. during uh, this sensual play, okay. um, I think is so impactful for women. It's so important for us to have because we have been conditioned to be soft and uh, be polite. And there's so many instances where women aren't comfortable in speaking and how they feel. So when you say things like, just say what is in your mind, Correct. just hearing that is relief for me, just because like, I don't have to worry about not hurting feelings or you know being judged. I can just literally just say what's on my mind in this intimate space. Right. And, and still be taken care of. Right. I love, 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 love that so much. Um, and then, um, just in general, like, I, I, I'm so against, yeah, the right. safe words, okay. I mean, just knowing me, I probably would forget the word, too. So, right. <laughs> I'd be like, what's the word? What's the word? That's yeah. the other part, like, what did we say the word was? Right. Like, yeah. It, it, it's all, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And what it doesn't have any depth. These words don't no, mean meaning. anything. Correct. And so I love how you just get to the meat of the experience and say, okay, well, what what do you need right now to right. make this more? Can I do this? Can I do this? Where right. do you feel the sensation? It's all about, like you said, introvert and extrovert. It's really interesting because right. it's like you're being so mindful of the sensations in your body and right. what that's telling you. And that is exactly what we do in yoga. Okay, so in the end of what you just talked about, you okay. had mentioned um, getting to that goal. Okay. What is the goal that a lot of women are looking for uh, when they um, have a session, a rope session with you? Since no one person is the same, a lot mm -hmm. of times it, it centers around, um, it centers around comfort it centers around not being in control or having someone else being in control of a situation um, yeah. we live in uh, we live in a, a time where we're moving so much it's so busy and yeah. a lot of women just want to sit and be like okay I don't want to have to worry I want something I want someone to cater to what I yeah. want yeah. or you know, they just really want to see what it's about. So it's, those are the, I know that's a bunch of things, yeah. but most people just want to, I, I want to not, you know, I don't, I want to not have control even, you know, mm -hmm. you know, some of those things like that. And then with suspension, it's just like, they want to fly.
Hey, I wanted to take a quick pause from this episode to check in and see, are you enjoying the show? Well, I hope so. And if so, let me know by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star rate and review. Just a few words go a really long way in helping the show reach more listeners. I really do love to read what you all think about the episodes, so thank you so much to everyone that has already left a review. Reading the reviews are really one of my favorite things about podcasting because I just like to know what people think. So if you have a moment and you haven't had the opportunity yet, please pause this episode, go to the Apple app and click five stars on the flow up and let me know what you think about today's show. All right, that's it. Now, let's get back to the episode. For people who may not be familiar with the terminology, you okay. mentioned rope top. What okay. is what is a rope top? Obviously, that's the Okay, yeah. so um, top is the person doing the activity, yeah. and bottom is the person having the activity done to them. Okay. So when I say rope top, that means me, the rope person, who's doing the tying, and then the rope bottom is the person being tied. Yeah. And okay. I use that terminology as a way to, as a way yeah, to yeah. differentiate between us having a um, a power exchange dynamic versus a dominant or submissive, um, and us just having a me providing a service to you. Um, think of it like you would a personal trainer, mm-hmm. you or as you know as as a yoga instructor. Although you're going to be given the instructions, you all don't have an established relationship, an mm-hmm. intimate relationship. Right. So you're not this person's like, in, like you're not this person's mate. So the mm. things the things that you tell them to do only, you know, are only between that the times of the session. Whereas if you have like, you know, with the, your husband or whomever, you, know, you have an intimate relationship with them. And the and the um, the power exchange of the authority given to you or given to them in that exchange is deeper and it yeah. means more. So that's why yeah. I, I use service top as, a, as opposed to dominant. Mm-hmm. People know like, hey, I'm, I'm not your hand. Right, I'm right. Just doing it right now. I'm yeah. providing the service in this way. I'm doing so. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's good. And it, it seems beginner friendly that term. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dominate, like, oh, right, right, right. right. And so <laughs> that helps. Yeah. I don't want to come into it. Like, you're not going, I'm, I'm dominant. Oh, hey, listen, mm-hmm. we can, you know, I'm not here to take anything away from you, or I'm not here to beat you into submission. Right. Those things you've come, unless you want. Like, right, unless that's what you want. And then we, you know, <laughs> we go a different route. Like, so, we just, yeah, that's, that's what you another show. That's, that's, that's another, that's another show. That's a different feat, but that's not what that's different. Oh, yeah. It's a little extra. That's a little different feat. Negotiations are a lot different. You know, some women will definitely have to say. Oh, I love it. I love it. So let's circle back because we got a little distracted, but going to uh, the different levels of rope bondage, if you could quickly kind of walk us through, well, not quickly, but just walk us through. Like the beginner-friendly uh, type of services to the more advanced suspension, you mentioned kind of okay. clear. Explain so, what ropes, you know. So here's how I would here's how I describe how I walk people through. First, it's um, rope that isn't restrictive, so it may just be um, decorative rope on the body, 
maybe um, things that where they're not restricted, where they just get to feel, um, just have like bulk on their body. Oh so yeah, maybe, I like so maybe that. Maybe like the a, arms. arms or a pretty design on their torso, something that's that may feel like a corset that has that swallowing effect, yeah. like a um, like a warm hug that embraces effect, to um, like different level base level restrictions. So sometimes I may just tie their their um, feet together. I may just tie their hands together, or I may tie one extremity or the other to an object so they can't move. That way they get that level. So there's non-restrictive, and then we'll call level one restrictive where there's um, minimal amount of restriction. So like maybe like I said, one arm, one hand, one arm, things like that. And then what we will call, um, we'll say 50% restriction where it may be just the same hands, one hand, like the hands tied together, but they may be tied like behind their back mm. or their legs may be tied together or bent and those things to until a place where they are completely bound, but they're not, they're still on the ground. So that may be things like a hog tie, hands hands behind their back, legs tied behind them, or legs tied in front of them, and things like that, where they're completely restricted, but they're on the floor. So they're not, yeah, they're on the floor. They're, um, and then that, that level of restraint, they're up to shabar, up to suspension, where now, and there's like, and for me, there's a level to that, so they may just be completely off the ground, um, and, but their extremities aren't restricted, so their legs and hands are free. And then we go from there mm-hmm. to maybe their hands and legs become restricted. Maybe I tie them to themselves or I tie them to other posts so they can't move or they move freely as one unit. And then the next level after that is adding more and more, um, like, I'm just gonna say how it is. Add more and more um, pain or discomfort. Um, change the positions upside down. Maybe I'll have them spinning, things like that. Wow. And, and then you add in different keys at every level. Every level. Wow. So right. So you yeah. had the five right. So, right. Right. so right. So let's wow. say for example, you were you were um, tied up. You're tied to a chair, and then maybe um, like maybe fire play, like you said, or maybe some impact play, some light spanking or some heavy spanking. Um, or you can do what's like a predicament bondage or partial um, suspension where they may have one leg tied in the air and they're off balance on their tippy toes or they're tied, but so that if they move one way, this they're tied in a manner that's uncomfortable, but if they move to get comfortable, they get more they're, uncomfortable. They're, or something they, they may get poked or things like that. Oh my goodness. Yes. And 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 women enjoy this. Yes. Wow. Men too. There's men who enjoy it too. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So yeah, okay. That is I mean, yeah. And I <laughs> suspension where they're on their tiptoes and there may be 
um, a, a, a very powerful um, vibrator, or they're tied down in their nipple clamps or things like that. Mm. They have different things that are strictly done for a um, for sexual purposes, for sexual gratification, that heighten the experience. So they have chairs with a hole cut in them. There's a, a, a Hitachi but, um, and in between, and then you're, you're sitting so that if you try to get uncomfortable, you try to be comfortable that you're pressed against the, the um, the Hitachi head is pressed against your clitoris. And so now you're trying to not have an orgasm, but you're trying to make yourself comfortable in those things. Or you've already had a couple of orgasms and now you're being, you know, now you're at orgasm 10 and it's been 20 minutes. And so you're like, oh shit. Oh, things like that. Wow. Or, uh, you know, someone may be suspended and then now they're actually having sex, things like that. So there are a lot of, it's not always about the pain. So that, that getting that processing through the discomfort may help. Like, okay, now we're, we're uncomfortable, but we're going to add in sex is going to make it fun. So it's like saying, it. yeah, yeah, so I'll give you another example. <laughs> it's think about trying to have really good sex in a small car. It's uncomfortable because you're in this space right. and, the person, and one person's trying to get a good position so they can do what they're doing, but you have to process through that discomfort. Right, you uh, find Yeah, or those things. It's like that. And then once you get that it, rhythm, you get then, that you, now, it's then it just you like have nothing that, matters right, but the pleasure. But the pleasure. Mm-hmm. Or, wow. you know, or those, if you've ever gotten that cramp in your leg, but it feels so good and you're so close to the orgasm, now you're like, which one we do? Do I stop and I deal with a Charlie horse or that cramp, or do I get this nut and then we keep going? It's kind of that can mm-hmm. some things like that. It's it's just that. I mean, it, well, it, can I have it all? Like, why do I have to be? You can have it all. Okay. But you but it's still a process again. Yeah, because it only comes at the cost. Right. Jeez. There's no free lunch. There's no free lunch. <laughs> Damn. So, you can have all right. it all, but it's it's a. But also there comes a point where one of the biggest obstacles and pains that to process through is the mental um, obstacles that we put in ourselves, the, the, the belief that we can't do something. So a lot of times when a lot of the women that I um, work with, they may, I may say, well, how flexible are you? And they're mind like, I'm not, I can't do a split. And no one's asking you to do a split, but mm. can you spread your legs to the side this mm-hmm. long, or can you right, do this or right, do that? Right. Or if I tie the rope and your legs are behind, if I count your feet behind your head, I wouldn't be the same thing. I'm like, wait, I haven't thought about that. Mm-hmm. So once you start, start trying those things, it's like you, didn't, you had already given yourself a limit that we've surpassed already. And so it, it's a lot of times it's more about just getting an understanding of what you can do so that you can start addressing the things that you believe you couldn't do or can't do, and then we just start preparing you going by that. So yes, you can have everything. Wow, I mean, that sounds super, super intense. Okay, somebody has a question. Um, let's see. Oh, I guess um, I can so, bring it on stage. Uh, okay. question. Um, can he speak to benefits of this for black women in high stress work? Okay, so for my clients who have high stress work, um, mainly what I do with that 
is oh a high stress work environment correct um correct so we just that's when i incorporated things like um guided meditation where we focus on and um divine affirmations and kind of reminding them the importance of breathing and the importance of relaxation and sometimes so i do have some clients where i teach them how to do some self-times and basic self-times techniques where they um where they can tie the rope on themselves and put it on their clothing just to remind them of things just remind them of the sessions and kind of bring that give them an anchor into bringing them back or something they can like some sort of totem that they can say okay this is what that's about and those things and then we just kind of sit through and work through the, some of the stressors now with that being said i'm not a, um, a therapist or a, um, a counselor those things so i can only it's like you don't get your nutritional you don't get your um your nutritional information or you shouldn't get your nutritional um guidance from the menu at subway yes you shouldn't get how to deal with high stress situations from your shabbat guy, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But I can take some things that I've learned and help use them to supplement, you know, yes. the things that a professional, um, a clinically trained person would say. Hey, these are the reasons you're gonna do that. And say, okay, you know, like just telling someone breathe when you're having a bad day is cool, you know, but it doesn't help them all the time. Right. And, and someone who's medically trained will be able to really help that. I think, in my opinion. Yeah, thank you. That was an excellent question. Um, <laughs> I, I just here we go again. You bringing it back to birth, and um, before I, as in preparation for labor, um, with my husband, we went to um, a parent, um, not a parent, but a, a coaching course okay. for him to uh, develop practices on how to coach me during labor and one of the things that i found interesting was we had a list of things of different sayings or common sayings that coaches would say to Mm -hmm. mothers in labor and i my job was to circle things that felt good and Mm -hmm. cross out things that don't feel good and breathe (laughs) was one of those things and i was like when you read it and you're picturing yourself in labor and you're saying something hearing someone say breathe breathe it's like no Please don't say that to me. That does nothing for me. I mean, maybe sometimes reminding me to is encouraged, but it was just something about the way I was like, oh, I can picture you saying this to me and it would irritate me. Right. So, right. you know. Um, like, <laughs> right, yeah. So, so it sounds like your relationship with your clients is, is the most intimate that I could really imagine. Okay. Um, but I guess maybe not when it comes to this type of work, because it's almost like you are a sex worker in some ways. Yes, I would, yeah. say, I would agree right. with that. So, I am a sex worker. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm a, I'm a sensual sex, sex worker. worker. Yeah. So I would imagine that, you know, it, it, it's not too taboo in your field, but right. uh, I actually just lost my train of thought. Okay. But I did have something that I was going You'll towards. Come back to yeah, I'll come back to that. But um, let's talk about the clients because okay. I've seen some of the work that you put out, and it okay. seems like um, the women they they have some 
differences that I've seen younger women, I've seen older women, I've seen different sizes. So can you talk to me a little bit about the similarities between your clients and some of the differences? Um, similarities, they're women. Right. Um, and after that, everything just kind of... Yeah, it's just catered to yeah, each it's, one. So similarities, they... um. For the most part, they all come to, they call find me. Um, it's rare that I find a lot of women who have a bunch of experience. So most of the time they are newer, they are mm -hmm. newer to rope at whatever level that, at some levels, they may have done some, they, oh man, my boyfriend tied me up in college. Right. Okay, all right. Um, um, I'm in the lifestyle, I'm kinky, but I've never done rope where I had a dom he was new or something like that or they may have like I've done rope but I've never done suspension right and they come and we go on that and then sometimes it's, it's hey I saw it and I thought it was cool and I'm yeah, experiencing this so it's they're all from different walks of life so it's so outside of them being women and then the, the you know there are some common things like they all want to um, experience some form of, you know, quote unquote domination, um, some form of control, form of not having control. Um, some come, like, yeah, so it's that. Yeah. There's no yeah. one thing across the board other than they're typically women. Yeah. So that's the biggest. Uh, that is so interesting. And I, I just feel good for all my women that are uh, going and getting what they need right. uh, because that this is a empowering practice to give yourself permission to do to experience something like this because you know some of you openly talk about this sensuality but some women may cringe or because they're so uncomfortable with uh certain parts of themselves with a stranger or sharing Correct. that space Correct. with someone that they don't know so and let's yeah. you know let's not overlook the the very practical thing of not most women haven't been in a situation where they allowed some man to tie them up and it turned out well for them. <laughs> so right. I don't want to overlook that sure. and that plays a part into it. Yeah. So it's like oftentimes, like, that's one of the common questions that people ask me. It's kind of like they're nervous, like, oh, I'm trying to make a joke, but it's really serious. Like, you're not going to kill me, are you? And I, my answer is usually, you know, that's really bad for return clients and, uh, you know, right. you know, us serial killers have a code of ethics. If you ask us, oh, no, now I can't kill you. Like, no, I'm not going to kill you. What are you talking about? <laughs> As if I'm going to say, yes, I'm actually going to kill you. You know, like, the time is now. I'm glad you asked. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Like, oh, man, you got me. I was going to do it. Oh, and so, of course, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. But they want it. It's like that. They associate those things with that. I probably would be too because I, I watch a lot of like right. sci-fi and, and you know things. Black Mirror yeah. and right. <laughs> so you know, right. You hear all these stories of like yeah. people kidnapping, right? right. Yeah, like some guys jumping out doing some quick just Yeah. You know, yeah. So off. Yeah. that's so cool. Like, right. but mm, okay. So yeah, kidnapping is not cool. Kidnapping is not cool, and uh, you don't you don't kidnap, so to speak, kidnap. or you don't have a history of kidnapping. I do not kidnap. <laughs> like, I don't have a history. I do not kidnap. <laughs> like, oh, no, 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 there's no, no allegedly. No, 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 okay, no. you're right. Uh, on the record. Right, okay, right, we're not right, trying right, to. Right. <laughs> 
So that, but a lot of women aren't comfortable paying that to a man. 
Yeah. Um, a heterosexual cisgender man. They, they're not comfortable with that. They may do so with a woman. And I can understand that too. Women are yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's kind of an uphill battle. Or, yeah, so I don't do it. I don't have... I, um, I don't have sex with my clients because it leads, for me, it leads to just, this is bad business. Right. And I personally know that I can sometimes be possessive of people I have sex with. So oh. Like, so it does it. Yeah. I, I got to be truthful with myself. So yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm going to still want my money, but when we start having sex, I'm going to still want the Gucci and the cash. And it's not, and sometimes, and then that's not only on women, but we live in an environment where sometimes um, sex is a currency and it right. kind of like well, you got paid, right? Right, right. <laughs> you know, I know that's how I feel. Yeah, too. And so, right, a lot of women feel <laughs> that way. You owe me, right? Right, you owe me. I'll let you, I'll let you touch my booty. I, I was around not looking for your booty, you know. That's a year for me, yeah. So, it's getting past that, and it's getting past that. Um, it's getting past that thing. And so that's part of that conversation. And, mm. and so a lot of times, but a lot of times women ask me in the, you know, in our conversations before, I, they don't know how to reach the converse, like topic, but it's like, well, do I have to ask? Like, oh, you don't have to ask such a yeah. I'm going to suggest that you line up somebody after this who can be your intimacy partner, your boo, your dip, whatever, somebody you can go and hug on and love on and let them touch and do those things so that you don't, you don't have to do that. And I'm one person, and I'm not young anymore. So like, it's not yeah. about that for me. You know, I have my partners, or you know, so that we work that out on our own. But a lot of times, I'm like, well, I paid you. You know, what I'm saying this is a treasure. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that is a treasure, but you know, it ain't my treasure. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying it has no it has no value. To right, me. this is a your treasure. Right? Wow. Right. Yeah. Ooh. So it, it, just like you know, you this you talk, <laughs> and then it's like I need a bookmark because right. there's so many things. Um, Real quick, I know this seems like the end of the conversation. Oh, I didn't know. No, not the end of the conversation. I'm sorry. The uh, This seems like something we should have talked about in the beginning. Yeah, right. But you kind of touched on uh, a little bit about what you get out of it. So can you tell me a little bit about how you got started in all of this anyway? Like some of your earlier experiences. Are there any like childhood stories where you had saw a rope and was like, no. Okay. No. <laughs> I was a Boy Scout. We didn't learn this shit in Boy Scouts. Okay. I was in the Army. I'm here so qualified. We didn't. Okay. didn't. I learned a Swiss seat. I have yet to use a Swiss seat. So, no childhood. Man. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just yeah. Something you kind of got yeah. into and fell into. So, I learned how I came about with the rope. So, around 2010, I started transitioning from doing porn. I didn't want to do it. it yeah. was, the industry was, as itself was changing. Where it just wasn't as lucrative as it could have been for me. I got I actually I came into porn on the back end, and technology and technology was changing, and then the industry was changing, and then I just didn't want to do it as much anymore. And so I was looking for some way to be um, creative as well as still push erotic, um, what I call Afro-erotic images, things yeah. you know. So like back in the day, album covers, Ohio players, a lot of those album covers. No one was afraid of nudity. It was just a mm-hmm. thing. Everyone did it eventually. Like, okay, my third album, um, this person's going to be naked with a 
you know, with a lamp over there, yeah, yeah, over their yeah. you know, Lago's R&B and, and soul artists had, they taco meat chest, heavy ass chest hanging out yeah, over. Yeah. A lot of men and women did album covers, they were nude or, um, I can take the band Ohio players, a lot of their album covers were very sex, um, very suggestive. There were, we had black art that was eroded. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it seemed like for some reason that we had gotten away from it and that I wanted to bring that back. And so I was just looking for things to do just to have those erotic photos and concepts. And also as a photographer in Chicago, I was trying to find a way to be um, competitive and mm-hmm. set myself apart from the industry. Right. Um, I saw some photos of a um, plus size Caucasian woman and wrote, and I just thought it was really dope. And I was like, okay, you don't see a lot of plus size black women. Period. Period. Well, no matter of fact, you didn't see a lot of plus size white women in bondage, but you but you definitely saw if you saw the um, the amount of black women who were plus size and doing rope bondage was almost non-existent right. when I started. Not to say there were some, but it was hard to find. And so I saw those photos, and I was like, okay, I'm going to try that. And I was working with a modeling group. And one of the models that we had built, I had built a good rapport with, and she was pretty adventurous. Was like, okay, I'm up for everything. So we had some rope um, that we, you know, brought to the shoot to try, and I did a basic tie, and and that was one of the first times that personally I enjoyed the experience of creating the moment, mm. the actual tying of the rope, right. and that that instant deeper connection to the person, to the model, to the moment was new for me. When they're very exciting and very exciting in a way that was that wasn't like before I could just do what I was gonna do yeah. and it had no thing but with rope that moment that very first time that moment was um it was it just okay now I have a, a new epiphany I'm not going back because my sunshine hey yo this this solid hey vanilla life I ain't never coming back um, so it was that. It was actually kind of quite romantic, just how you, you know, how yeah. you know, and yes. you know, just following, yeah, following your heart. That's really what that looks yeah. like. Yeah, and my heart was involved. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, my hand, my yeah, heart. just being so, in the moment yeah. of things still so, feels good. I'm gonna try it, and then I just immerse myself mm-hmm. in just trying to learn more as a um a person about learn more about rope, the um culture of rope, and then just learn more about myself and um, what I, that connection, I'm a connection hoe, mm-hmm. and learn what that meant in my head, like what that actually meant, that hey, okay, what if, so what if I'm weird and I like tying women up, uh, I'll just find women who like to be tied up and just gonna live life that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's how my journey started. Wow, really, really beautiful. And well, I, mean, you. I mean, you know, you walking in your purpose and okay. that is a part of other people's story and their journey um mm-hmm. i had the pleasure of speaking with someone that actually had a service from you oh, okay. and um, i'm going to talk to her a little bit more okay. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh you know one of the things she just had so many good things to say about her experience but one of the most uh things that i found fascinating was how much she talked about how this rope session with you was a part of her own spiritual journey Correct. and Correct. how you know it had just it played a piece she won't be tired she brought you to, oh, is she? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shout out to Ari. Ari uh, yeah, that's, that's nice. Like, yeah, she, you know, she just talked about how intricate what, or intentional, what 
her experience was for you, how it kind of played a part in her spiritual journey and how, okay. you know, um, she was evolving into, you know, the woman that she was becoming and, okay. and where she was in her life. Okay. And so she was like, yeah, I go to him like once a year or something like that. And I was like, wow, that's pretty, pretty dope that you, you know, that you block out this time for, you know, this amazing experience or this unique experience with right. you. I mean, it's so unique. You don't see a lot out of about like these services. Right. Like, how would somebody like even go about? Now, I know you're in Chicago based, right. so uh, for anybody who is in Chicago, we're definitely going to put some information on how to uh, get in contact with Solomon if you're curious. And uh, I'll give you opportunity at the end to like talk okay. a little bit more about it. But like for people who um, maybe in a different city and maybe right. are not here, how would they uh, get in contact with? Uh, how would they get started? with uh, finding someone to kind of have similar experiences with. It won't be anything like the experience with right, you. So, but, so, um, one, use your Googles. Use your social medias, use your search engines where um, you can, that was a bit more accessible. So I would um, reach out to the people you know who are kinky and then ask them. So if you know someone who's kind of, you know, into the BDSM lifestyle and they're kinky, Ask them if they know someone who does rope. Right. You know, kind of vet through that process, and then um, you can go through that as you know, maybe use like a Fat Life, um, which is a you know a social media platform for BDSM, um, Instagram, um, Twitter. Just kind of Google um, Shavari or Rope Bondage. There's some awesome people up moving around. There's um, Rose by Dash. There's um, Atlanta has a bunch of people. Um, Texas has some amazing people. New York. Um, out in LA, there's amazing people. Um, up in the Northeast, in Portland area, and all those things, there's amazing people. So a lot of times, use those hashtags that you you see, mm-hmm. Shabari or rope bondage or um, naughty life, and those things, like those little derivatives you may see, and just kind of use that to find someone, you know, to you find someone um, who looks like you in the position that you would like to be in. So if you are a curvier um, woman and you want to be suspended find someone find a photo of the woman who was suspended like you want to be suspended and kind of go through those um hashtags until you find either the model or the um the person who did the rope or the photographer they have a conversation with them and they should be able to help you move on to the next into that space right unfortunately there's no real directory where you can go um, gettiedup.com right. or something like that. And, <laughs> Dang, man, man, right. So there's no, no but the, um, most of us know other people who know other people. So right. if you say like, so if you're in a place, like I say, if you're in Texas and you're like, hey, Solomon, I don't want to be tied up by a man. You know any women down there that are black? And I would say, oh, Madam Posh is in Texas. Um, Shakti Bliss is in Texas. Um, those are amazing women. If you're in Atlanta, you're like, um, you may want to be with um, Rima. Um, if you want to do something on the more psychedelic side, you reach out to Sir Dash and um, kind of thing. Wow. So um, out in LA, oh my goodness, my LA people are going to kill me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I sorry, LA. Some, I do have some LA listeners. Nah, too. <laughs> it's, um, it, more, I know more than models, but out that way. Um, but there are some dope people out that way. There's some people in Northern California. There's a sister out in the Oregon area. It's like the house of good and evil. She's Ooh. awesome. Um, I think her name is, oh, goodness gracious, please don't. It is O, and I call her O. But she's dope. 
and um, so there are people, yeah. you know, and it, and it works the other way around. Sometimes people find me through other people um, in that way. That is, <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, it, it's bigger than I thought. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I'm having this isolated conversation with you. And obviously this is yeah, yeah, yeah. Meeting, but you're just dropping so many names right. that, you know, you're aware of. And so you just really realize how many people are out here living their best life. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't know unless you look for it. So it right. sounds like you got to have some patience and some due diligence. Right. Don't just hop on the first. Don't do it. Don't just hop on the first person talking about they'll tie you up. Right. That, like, your life depends on it because mm. it may. Mm. Some person. Real. So, yeah, because there are a lot of people who, and that's where, that's where the tops and bottoms, the people who are tying as, you know, do your research. Don't just let someone that you never met just start tying you up without um, vetting them and asking questions. Asking, you know, Asking questions like, "How would you deal with? Uh, how do you deal with safety issues? How do you deal with these things?" Ask, ask those questions. And don't be afraid to ask those questions. So, um, yeah, you know. yeah. Or if you're in an area, go to your local. Um, if you know how to, you know, you know about your local dungeon situation, ask the people who are in the lifestyle about people. If you, with me, you can ask any of the models you see in my photos or videos. Most of them have, they um they are pretty open to people contacting them and saying, "Hey, how was it working with Solomon?" Uh, um, I'm pretty direct. I'm pretty. I could be an asshole, but I'm not. Gonna yeah. Unsafe. Yeah. So. That's good. Dungeon. You mentioned that. What is uh, just for people who may not be familiar with uh, what a dungeon is? So dun- dungeon um is typically a a space where people conduct um, BDSM activities. Some places look like an actual. What you think an actual dungeon looks like. But um, they usually, uh, yeah, they look like you know. I don't want to be, I don't want to be condescending, but they look like what you think they look. Yeah, like. Yeah, just like a, just a yeah. place where these yeah. things happen, and obviously there's way more than rope going on. Way more than rope. Wow. So it's um, and then there are some places they have events going like well before the um picture in picture, you know, we all got to sit down. It um, there were events. There are a lot of events, and sometimes you can hear about an event and ask the organizers will there be someone doing rope there and if they if they aren't there they are usually trying to find someone to facilitate for people who want that to happen right awesome can you just talk a little bit about aftercare you have when they come to you they have this amazing session they're tied up they're getting untied what happens next do they just hop in their car and say bye see you later no i try not to i try to encourage them to sit so aftercare is we have a so part of the session when i send them out what's going to happen one of the things is aftercare where we um they sit in that space um they usually have some people have um, fruit or water or they sit in a blanket and we just some want to cuddle some don't want to cuddle some maybe smoke a little bit and they just have that moment where they kind of where i bring them back so you know, kind of reground them, and it's different for each person. Because you know, so when we have that discussion, I ask them. Oftentimes, I ask them, "What are some things that? What are some questions that you may have now, based on having been through the experience? What are some things you would have done differently?" Um, and so yeah, so after care is basically me tending to them, and them tending to themselves. 
after the session because there's heightened, there's an endorphin rush. There is um, just that euphoric feeling. There's a feeling, um, sometimes there's, it's like after sex as well. Like sometimes yeah. you want to cake up after sex. Sometimes you want to dip. Sometimes you just want to chill. Sometimes, especially with such, with um, after suspension, because suspension can be a lot more intense than just regular work. Sometimes you just want to, uh, I need, I give them a time for their body to readjust to being untied, for their, um, for the blood to get back to circulating, for the nerves, mm. for that nervous system to kind of reset and just uh, like everything got to reset. Boom. And that aftercare, a lot of times I try to have a conversation with them. One, on, on that intimate level, that service level of, hey, how's you doing? Making, you know, kind of seeing where they are and just letting them talk about the experience and being that moment. Also, just so I can visually check you and say, are you good to drive home? Should mm. we call you an Uber? Right, or should right, I, right. I drive you home and catch an Uber back? Yeah. Should we, hey, call somebody? And then we and I start that. And the advocate doesn't end not it's not over because okay they went home i'm I call and check on and text them maybe two or three days later how you feeling i make suggestions about starting a journal because you may not have i'm going to ask a lot of questions after the session if it's the first session and i understand that they may not have all of the answers so right. i encourage them to just write these things down and let me know and that's what that aftercare is, is about to kind of give them that that um that intimate first aid packet of information, the things they can do afterwards. Like I said, associate it right back with sex. Because like after good sex, you want to cake up for a minute. You might just want to chill. Like, I don't want to put my clothes on. Mm. I want to, you know, um, just enjoy this moment before I have to go back. Like um, E-Black TV was saying, that high stress environment. Yeah. You know, if this moment was for you, this moment was for them. But it's that moment after the intensity of the actual activity, um, in this in this instance, rope bondage, for them to just reset, for me to physically, physically and visually check them over, make sure that they don't have any bruising that was unintended or even intended and say, I, okay, I saw you, I know that you were okay when you left me, I want to keep checking on you yeah. over the next few days. Sometimes, one of the... Um, one of the things that happens usually after a good rope session or even other sessions, other kinks, but that drop and that need for intimacy and that can, you know, that can be misleading or cause someone to do, like, they may have been feeling like, oh, I want to cake up and say, hey, when this is over, you're going to want to probably cake up with somebody and feeling needy and touchy and feely. Be mindful of that and don't go and do this trying to cake up and be intimate with somebody you should you just fucking part of my language you just on some yeah. intimate creepy creep sneaky link deal and find somebody who you can experience that those intimate needs and have those fulfilled safely right or later on in the week you're not going to understand why but you may feel like this be mindful of that mm. don't just like I'm a boyfriend or a girlfriend. She wasn't really into what I was saying. And I just wanted to touch and lean on them. But it's going to be so heightened that they're not aware of that. So it's that first a couple of times because you're not really sure what's going to happen. I did put a little call out on my Facebook profile okay. uh, page and asked. And surprisingly, only men really responded, which okay. I was very surprised at. And it seems like the consensus of uh, men want to know how do they do this. Like, they want to know how can I tie up my girl tie up my my partner 
uh, where would I start, um, and then also like what type of rope? Okay, so I'll start with the second question first. Yeah. The first, that answer is um, the type of rope. If you're just going to be doing some basic just bedroom stuff, tying it to herself or tying it on her back, any rope will do. Um, cotton clothesline works really well. You um, Amazon has um, bondage packages. Like sometimes they have some as cheap as two for ten or two for fifteen dollars, and you can start with that. Or you can find some jute. Um, they have companies on, excuse me, on Etsy. Uh, my knowledge, she is one of my favorites. Uh, Damn Good Rope Company is another one of my favorites in the Jato rope. But that's um, jute rope, cotton rope, um, hemp are some good things, and some good nylons, soft nylons, and those are good rope to start off with. They're very expensive. You won't feel crazy if you you know have to cut an eight dollar or fifteen dollar right. piece of rope. And it's not that expensive. Um, so that's what I would say do, you know, get that uh, with that. Don't use the um, don't use that pretty rope that's in their aisles and on people. It it's not that good with a lot of tying. It looks pretty, but it, it doesn't. Um, there's a core inside of it that once you start bending it, it gets all wonky and janky, and it doesn't really work. Okay. So just some good cotton clothesline, cut it to about 25 feet, and work with that. Don't go more than 25 feet to start off with. It just becomes a um, it's just a mess up the entire uh, moment yeah. because when you're pulling all that rope through, it'll feel like a bad magic trick with the, the scars <laughs> that the person does. The magician pulling out the scars. Right, for each yeah. one it does. Yeah, and so when you're trying to do that, it's just, it'll wreck the, it'll wreck the thing. It'll wreck that moment. And if you're trying to seem real cool and suave, pulling that rope through will spoil everything. Yeah. By the time you get to the sexy parts of it, she's going to be out of the mood, you're going to be out of the mood. And then it's going to take just as long to untie it and it's all frustrating. And then you won't do it and you'll like saying to somebody, like you say, Solomon, I tried it, but I had to stop all the way through because yeah. I couldn't wait that yeah. long. Yeah, because you had 100 feet of rope and you were just trying to stump it. <laughs> 25 feet is more than, it's way more than 15, 10 feet is high name is way more than Now, as far as how do I get my girl to do it? Yes, yes. One, um, you got to go back and start building trust you have to um, go back and start establishing open communication with your girl, with your woman in your life, your partner, and do so in a way where you are answering to her concerns. So you're not, because you said you probably said some stuff like, oh uh, yeah, if I tied you up, I'm gonna do this. You have to make her comfortable with the fact that if she lets you yeah. tie her up, that you're going to untie her. And in between, you're not going to do some stupid shit. Right. So step one, don't do stupid shit when you tie her up or make her think you're going to do stupid shit. Yeah. Like, even if, I'll give you an example, of some non-lethal stupid shit. If, you're, <laughs> if your lady does not like to be tickled, this is not the time to tickle her after you tie her up. Right. She's going to get a lick back. She's going to get a fucking tickle lick back. And yeah. It's not going to be a tickle. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh. One of the things with rope bondage, and it's under, it's downplayed in any, but all the books you read, they speak to communication. You have to have start a different way of communicating, and just talk to her and have and say, hey, and talk over all the things that you want to do, and don't be afraid. She looks at you and say, you, you weird. Okay, but let's try this. Yeah. And you know, work work with her at a very slow level, and don't be afraid. It won't look pretty the first couple of times, so 
embrace that part of it as well. Embrace the fact that the not look kind of crazy or how you tied it and those things. And yeah, that's what I would do. I would just ask her. Don't try to sneak it on her. I wish I had some old fly ass lines. Like, <laughs> hey, baby, let's yeah, try this safari. Yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> I didn't start like that. It was a real cumbersome yeah. trying to go to people and yeah. women and saying, hey, I wanted to tie you up with this photo shoot. Yeah, but ultimately what I found was that, especially for me, the more I did it and displayed my work, the more. So with your woman, um, try the stuff that's non-restrictive first. If she says yes, tie some, just maybe tie the pretty rope around her ankle or the pretty rope around her breast and those things. If you are, I would say, focus on the body parts that you like. So if you're a booty guy, start with tying things that have you focused on the body parts that she likes and that you like. If you're a breast person, she got, you know, tie that. If you're a feet person, tie that. So find the things that you like that make you both feel good about the experience before you move up to the other parts. Um, and just have fun with it, you know. Mm. Just have fun with it. And let's say, for example, your lady is like, well, I, I want to do it, but I don't want to tie, I don't want to start with rope. Use saran wrap. Saran mm. wrap is a good way to be that you can restrict someone's hands or feet with and you know, when it's time to untie, you just rip that stuff off. Is that? And she. And it's, and it's inexpensive. So wrap. Now so, I saw I saw another video too where you had these pillowcases, right? You was right. like, how many y'all got pillows? Right. With, With pillowcases. pillowcases. <laughs> right, 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 right. That, that is that, you know. And I, that's why my bedroom bondage class. So I have a class where we basically go over. Because people see me doing rope bondage and they see my videos and it's all pretty and it's artistic. But I'm a person. I yeah. like getting down to the, the part of my language to the pocket. Yeah. I like to have, let's get to the sex of it. And, and that doesn't require a lot of intricate time. It's a lot of purposeful time. A lot of, mm. and, and that goes back to why communication is important. Because when you tie someone's hands over their head or behind their back or something like that, you have to look and say, are you okay? Yeah. Are your hands still? Yeah. But it's, you know, it's a it's a way to discuss these things and kind of get to know your partner and get to know yourself in a, in a different way. Um, and so I teach a bedroom bondage class where we go over some really simple and easy things that happen in the bedroom and ways to use bondage, whether it's rope bondage or other items, in a way that you get you to the point of, we're going to have some sex, we're going to get nasty here, we're going to get freaky in here, and we're going to do these things at a very base level and enhance what we already do. So I'm sure when you saw that video with the pillowcase, yeah. you probably looked at your husband like, we got pillows. We got pillowcases. Pillow <laughs> and now it's that, yeah. it's that way and it's, yeah. And so it's like, oh shit. It's like, this is, it made it accessible. Right. And, and, I think and it didn't was, cost you, you already spent the money on pillowcases. Right. right. We can just have this, this little right. experience, which right. may lead to Right. right, so it leads to other things yeah. and it builds that trust and it allows for it. One of the good things I like about rope bondage, the person being at the bottom is just as important. Their input is just as important as the top. Sure. So uh, what happens a lot of times is the the woman, and sometimes men too, I don't want to, like I don't tie men, but men get tied too. And sometimes you tie a person, you're tied, and then you realize that, and I like this, and I want to go further with it, 
and that and that helps back to the question of how can I get my nigga to do it as you do one thing and you like it keep going in that direction don't try some shit you realize you may not like so don't try to do something that was uncomfortable or wasn't purposeful so if the goal is to have like enhance the sexual experience if you're starting and that wasn't purposeful towards enhancing the sexual experience go in a different direction but if you try something and you both liked it and it enhanced that sexual experience continue down that path and that's what i suggest that's like a that's a good like a framework to kind yeah. of follow because yeah. you say follow your sensations or follow right. what feels good but that's a good framework yeah. to see like what right. actually it would look like right and yeah. how that works in real time right so yeah lots of i mean solomon this has just been <laughs> an amazing conversation i definitely have to have you back on okay. the podcast yes because yeah, there is like when i tell you guys there's so many different dynamics yeah. to this right. man um, and you're so knowledgeable about well, thank you. so many different things. And, um, I know you're not that too much into tarot, but you know, you kind of remind me of a King of Cups energy Ooh. where it's just very intellect very emotionally, emotionally intelligent. Okay. Right. So you okay. are very aware of how women work, you know, cause that, that's our language where the, okay. you know, intuitive emotional beings. So you okay. know how to kind of speak our language and kind of know what, you know, like you know what we want, you know, in some ways it seems, you know, you know, so um, I, I just really appreciate your dedication to your own practice. I love when people are super, super passionate and nerd the fuck out about, you know, what they love. And so, you know, I think that's what, you know, makes for this great conversation experiences. Um, is there anything else you would like to tell the flow up audience or uh, beginners uh, that are interested in Shabari? Um, any any last um, final thoughts on this practice in general? Um, black people do it. Mm. I'm black as fuck. Mm. Um, so don't don't feel like it's what people you know that it's that's why people should know. We do all this shit as well. And they're the community, the black king community, the black world community is very, um, it's thriving. Yeah. And conversely, if you have a sense that rope bondage isn't for you because of, you know, our cultural, you know, yeah. background, then don't then indulge in it at your comfort and at your right, own speed. Right. Um, and outside of that, if you want to get up with me, I'm sure you're going to have my link. Yes, I'm going to have all of your Facebook. stuff to get. Don't Everywhere. worry if you Everywhere. if you're listening to this while you're driving. No worries, all of Solomon's uh, contact information will be in the show notes, so you can reach out to him. Even if you have some questions, Solomon is very open to yeah. you know kind of answering. He's very transparent, so if you want, you can definitely shoot him an email. Is that the best way to get in contact? Email, with um, email. No, use the best way for them. So okay, I'm all, since I'm all over the place, uh, send me a DM. Text me from my number, all those things. Just understand that not only am I a busy person, I can be, um, I'm, I'm, I'm open and I'll answer your questions, but I'm not obligated to answer your oh, questions 100%. to a point where that now I'm, I'm, I'm basically giving I you a free. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, right, yeah. Hey, that you know what I'm saying? And, yeah, and, be, you know, be, be mindful. Be mindful of, you know, be what better you're asking. Your own work. Absolutely. It yeah. helps. It'll help with our conversations, mm. but it, it'll definitely because sometimes people want to know things, but they don't have a basic understanding of terminology and correct, yeah. and, and that bogs down the conversation. So do be prepared to do some work. 
Yeah. Other than that, yeah. Yeah. Rope with responsibility, be fun. Rope with responsibility. And I, and I and it seems like this is something that, you know, no matter what I don't want to use the word hang up, but no matter what yeah, your situation or hang up, it's like it seems like this is something no matter what you can get into. If you're in a relationship and you're like, listen, my man or my partner is not gonna allow me to or not be comfortable with me um uh being introduced to this type of service by another man, you know, then you know, you can um maybe empower your partner to kind of explore this and maybe get them a book or maybe you know put them into some videos and kind of encourage them like yeah do you have a way for women to kind of nudge their partners if they're like well i'm not gonna let you do that like how can a woman kind of get her man to kind of so tie her up it's the same it's the same thing now one of the differences with women the other way is not all it's the same thing start that communication but if your guy isn't into it, he may have his own. If he doesn't consent to it. Don't force it on him because yeah. it'll it'll give it'll have pushback. But I also I've been I'm fine that if you bring you and your guy to me together, and I can speak to him and say and make him comfortable with with learning these things, so that it's not an attack on his ego, and then that there is a different understanding. Why it's in, why she felt it's important for him, and but that goes like I said. I'm gonna give the same advice to women. Go back and undo some of those um, etched in stone things you said. So it that he, for example, a lot of women who I ultimately work up with, or who partners come around, or they have an issue, they started off saying things like, "I, I would only do that with somebody I really trust." And so now your man's constantly uh, trying to understand how you got to a place with me yes. <laughs> as a stranger that you really trust me yes. enough wow. to let me tie you up, but you won't let him tie you up. He's ass. You have to go back and undo that, but you can't do it in a way that makes it his fault. You, you know, yeah. it has to be, we all have to be accountable and responsible for our issues. So if you, if, if, you all are arguing and you're like, I, I, I can't trust you to do that because that time you had that girl phone number and you know, when you was looking at this, that has nothing to do with you being able to believe that he'll hope that you can trust him with your entire fucking life or that though, those are two different levels. So go, back and un- so go back and repair that and say, you know what? I know what I said. However, I did some research until now you got there. Somehow you got to this point where yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he said, hey, I think this dude, he seemed like the kind of dude that we can, let's find out if he'll teach you in like mm-hmm. that way. Include him. Include, and, right. Yeah. And, or, and sometimes, what I've done this for other couples where the guy don't care about learning. Yeah. He just wants some, he want her tied up, and I sit back, and then y'all do the business, and I'm tied. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, or, a, you can get pretty much whatever. Yeah. Or, let's be very clear, you can buy sets and straps that give you the same effect and now nobody has to learn bondage. Don't, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Don't, good. yeah, don't make it about just having to be tied up a rope. If your goal, the ultimate goal is to be bound and restricted to receive, to um, and heighten the sexual experience, it may not have to involve rope. And so, mm. if if the goal is to be bound and you want your guy to tie, to bind you, to restrict you and have you, you know, can't move, Find other ways, you know, your guy might 
your guy might have, he, you know, look to him for some ingenuity as well. Like, how do you think we can do this? And he might say, shit, there ain't no more. I can do this here. And, you know, you do some other things that fit into his comfort and his wheelhouse. So don't exclude those things. Don't exclude his, his um, and understand, like I said, there's no free lunch. So you all might have that, you know, it might have to be um, quick pro quo. Okay, I'll learn to tie you up if you learn to do this other thing I like. Mm. Or be open to this other thing I like, or learn to do this thing that I want you to do. Be open to those things. Yeah. Because since it, there's um, that trust and that communication, sometimes you have to have, a, a, um, there has to be a, like a currency exchange. Sure. To, so your way of getting him to do rope bondage may have to be learning to pole dance. Yeah. Or it's work. Or he might be like, you know what? I have been wanting you to bite me or scratch me or yeah. spank me. And now it may come. Just like you want him to change his mindset, you have to be change ready to change it. your mindset. It's a lot of work. It's not just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no free lunch. Solomon, I know you say you're not a therapist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a clinical therapist. <laughs> but you're not a clinical therapist. Right. But you just like read my whole situation, not, not, not my whole situation, but you uh-huh. just kind of like, just put some insight onto things as right. far as, because, you know, my husband, we talked about debunking or unpacking or uh, retracting from statements that you may have said. And right. I think that men, you guys really hold on to words and, you know, they, they well, mean things. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, right. you know, uh, that, that, that's my husband, he's a Capricorn, and I believe yeah, he's right. So, really yeah, that. so Say he would right. hold, he, remembers he holds on to it and he's trying to understand why you use this particular term so that was an excellent example of saying like hey you know um how did you how quickly how were you able to so quickly trust this stranger correct yes and so and that's important here's a reason mm-hmm. here's another reason that's important so when women come they say hey can i bring someone of course you bring someone because you don't know me from that sure however if you're I would suggest if your if your partner your man is not comfortable, if you think he may not be comfortable, bring someone else to make sure you're safe, and not bring your good friend. You know, I don't bring your side dude. I don't care, but don't bring because what happens is, uh, especially with people who are new to self to self sexual exploration, you guys are discovering things, and there is. A lot of times people aren't used to watching their partner be pleasured. And that takes, mm. it takes a moment. And so it's hard to convince somebody otherwise, after you, it's hard to say that I, ain't, I haven't had sex with this person. I never did anything with this person. To watch, to then watch your expression change in a way that's non-sexual and respond. Yeah. And I'm doing something to you that's quote unquote non-sexual but your husband, your boyfriend is watching you. And in some cases, your wife or your girlfriend is watching you respond in a manner that's very sexual yeah. and in a way that was unique to them at first or unique to yeah. these experiences. So now, right. So now you're watching this and going, the only time you're like that is with people you've had sex with. And that's your ooh-wee face. Yeah. Or that's your, yeah. I know what that means, your leg shaking. That means you're going to come. And... It wasn't sexual, but you, you had to convince your husband, your boyfriend, and I didn't watch me tie you. It, it's, it. I can't. Like, this This obviously is not something for 
to play with. This is not right, play. right. This is not play. You got to be pretty uh, mature right. to get on this ride. Um, it sounds like because there's just so many layers, um, especially if you're in a relationship. I think that right. that's what adds another component, whether than if you're exploring this on your own um, and not having to have the consideration of another person's feelings, but. Okay. Yeah, you know, right, 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 it's, right. Different. It's, it's different. It's different. Right. That's another nuance. If you're a single it's person doing it with multiple single people, it's hey, it's different. Right, it's different. So I do find myself being like a relationship counselor. During, I, I, I mean, absolutely, hundred percent. I tell right? people like, hey, I that charge a like different. That's a different fee. Okay, I'm just gonna say. You, find, <laughs> you know how you're in a relationship. You married. You know how that is. Yes. You like you you bring somebody in as a yeah. mediator. And it's like, well, okay, I see what you're saying. However, we can't. Once you mix some things, you put the the it's milk with the peanut. We put the milk with the flour. You can't separate those. Easily. Yeah, they're kind of mixed in. Yeah, right. This is actually reminding me, like we we use the term sex worker, but this is actually now giving me not even me a little sex doula work. Okay. Which is like mostly you see women um, right. in this position of just right. you know assisting feeling more comfortable in the bedroom mm-hmm. and ways that men can kind of you know cater to women's needs and understand the things that they need in the bedroom and how to like keep that connection care this is, sounds like what you're doing in some ways uh with the different yeah. options correct tiers that right. people can come to you and from the man and from the perspective of the man because there are as much information that we have out here there's still a lot of women and men who believe that men don't require some sort of catering to in the bedroom outside of just wham bam like shit that's I, put, true. I, that's true. I walked around naked he should have had an erection no you know i had a whole hard day i do i do I feel just, that way yeah, people that work trying like to pump me out you know i do like <laughs> you know I what like, i like to be uh i like a little bit you're saying like being like a little foreplay too yes yeah. or and it's different and sometimes it's just like listen <laughs> let's be very clear sometimes there's we had a long day, and our, and our erection may not be as t- tense, and it has nothing to do with you. And sometimes mm-hmm. when we think, I snap my fingers, it should be getting hard. True. No, it doesn't oh. always work like that. Or well, I'll some, be sometimes sex, so, when I say to women, it's like women who don't like riding, like, oh man, I be cramping up, my body be tired, and blah, 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 blah. Well, imagine the man having hey, to hold your legs so, up, true, true. do core work, Focus on not coming. Say all the right I mean, things. It is a lot. It a lot is of, a lot. I won't lot. tell how I know. Right. I'm right. right. <laughs> we won't get into so that, that but I, I, I was able to get a taste of like how. You look over at him like, this is It is. It's a, it's a workout. You start going like, it's a five, like the people like, you a five minute brother. Five minutes is a long time doing thrust. Trying to, trying Holding legs up and somebody to, popping back on you. That's a lot of. Let's give our guys some credit. Yeah, and so it's those things, and sometimes <laughs> I come into a situation and I can stop women from saying things that are that are definitely ego. detrimental to yeah. them. Ego destroying. Yeah. So yeah. it's you know it's those kind of things, and even just some people saying, just stop using terminology like "I'm gonna make you tap out." This isn't a fight. This isn't a conquest. Yeah. It isn't. Yeah. You know, it's shit. Sometimes, you know, like the little memes are going around. Sometimes we want our drawers pulled off. We want yeah, our, we yeah. want to cover our face and be like, oh, yeah, you yeah. know. We, we want to be the little spoon. Yeah. Look right. Some warm cool yeah. your booty feels good. Yeah. Sometimes it's, go on, do what you're going to do so yeah. I can go back to sleep. Yeah. I don't need to be an active participant in this. Woo. Yeah. 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 Yeah
Ooh. I mean, I know if you're listening and if you you stay to this part of the episode that you are super, super curious. So what I need you to do is head over to forum.com, check out the show notes, click on um, that see more details so you can get in touch with Solomon. And uh, really, if you are curious, kind of get some questions answered and, okay. and figure out how... Um, Again, to my Chicago listeners, um, how you can learn a little bit more about uh, Solomon. So um, definitely reach out. Um, it's been nothing but a pleasure. Like- Thank you for Thank you again for tuning in to this episode of The Flow Up. If you would like to connect with me further, my DMs are open. Go to at The Flow Up on Instagram or my personal page at Dreadlock Yogi and let's chat. You can also go to my website, www.theflowup.com for more information on the personal services I offer. I have virtual yoga, virtual tarot readings, and distant Reiki all available to book on my website. So I hope that you have a wonderful day and I'll see you in the next episode.